0: Uh, before we get started, I do want to say the program is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show on a one time basis, support.greatdetectives.net, or become one of our ongoing monthly contributors at patreon.greatdetectives.net. Now it's time for today's episode of Nightbeat. The original air date, July the third, nineteen fifty, and the title is Marty.
1: Wheaties presents Nightbeat. On stage tonight, transcribed from Hollywood, Night Beat, another in the Wheaties' big parade of exciting half-hour presentations. Night Beat.
2: Hi, this is Randy Stone. I cover the Night Beat for the Chicago Star. My stories start in many different ways. This one began with a kid and a $100 bill and
1: ended in the death cell of Joliet. Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone.
3: See how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. Well, sure, your Monday morning Wheaties might have made today's wash look a lot smaller. Wheaties tomorrow could maybe make your iron seem lighter. Wednesday, Thursday, any day. Wheaties sort of make insurance policies easier to sell and fields easier to plow and typewriters easier to punch because when you've had your Wheaties, you've had the husky whole wheat vitamins and minerals that help keep you able to trim down big chores right down to size. Yep, making beds or making money, it just seems a whole lot easier when you've had your Wheaties. Sure, Mother, beat 'em up good every morning on those crisp, light whole wheat flakes. It's a wonderful sight. A family full of Wheaties. What is it, the man says?
1: See how Wheaties at seven can help at eleven. That's
3: it. Try it, huh? Wheaties. Tomorrow.
2: It was a great night. Chilly as I walked hunched against the rain, stopping long enough to catch the sweetness and light in the headlines. H-bomb menace, traffic toll mounts, murderous to die this morning in the electric chair. Okay, people, keep it up, you're doing fine. But I had my own worries, wondering where my ever-loving story had come from tonight. It hit me before I expected it. A little kid, six, maybe, came running at me and into me before I could step aside. Well, you better get those brakes re fella. Let me go, let me go. Okay, okay, where to?
4: I... I'm running away.
2: I... All right, all right. Now you get your breath for the second lap.
4: They're coming after me. Oh, who? I want to go to my mom.
2: I thought you were running away. I, uh... Wait a second. What's this? My money. A hundred dollar bill? It's mine. Just a little loose change, huh?
4: Please give it back to me. I gotta get a bus. Where do you live? I... I want to go to... to 16 Wolverton.
2: Mm-hmm. Wolverton's quite a piece from here.
4: They're coming. They're coming after me. Who? In their autos, see?
5: Hmm. Looks like we're surrounded, kiddo. Take it easy for a second. It's him. You've been a bad boy, Marty, running away like this.
4: You ain't gonna take me back.
5: Uh, your kid, mister? No. What's the angle here? The kid ran away from his old man.
4: I didn't. My father's dead.
5: Sure. He always says that. Now, come on, Marty. No. It seems he doesn't want to go with you. He will. Or maybe not. I'd like to Shut know Shut what... up. Eddie, Mac. Big boys. Yeah. Mister, you just forget all about this. Marty, get in the car. Get away from that kid. Eddie, Mac.
4: Don't. Don't hit him. Don't. <laughs>
5: That's a sample. Open your trap again and you get the rest. Come on, let's go. Before my eyes
2: closed all the way, I saw them hustle the kid into the car. It began to move away, glided under a street lamp, and from the rear window a face looked out. Jerry McCallum. The brains behind almost any illegitimate enterprise you could name. Nothing too small or too big for Jerry if it made a nickel. From what I saw of McCallum's face, he could have gone in right then for murder. Mine. A half hour later, after some minor repairs on my face, I dropped in to see Sergeant Kalski. I asked some questions, and I got some answers. McCallum had never gone in for kidnapping, and no cop would stick his neck out without positive proof. If I wanted to go slumming, I was going alone. It wasn't far to McCallum's place, but knowing where he lived and getting to see him were two different things. However, I had a hunch that Jerry McCallum would see me. I made sure of it by sending him a note with one word on it, Marty. McCallum had me shown in. He smiled at me from behind a marble top desk flanked by two of his boys, one of them
6: my playmate of a little earlier. Oh, he's glad to see a newspaper boy, Stone. You fellas print rough stuff once in a while, but it makes good for circulation, huh? True or not?
2: Yeah, sure. You know, we uh, make up those things printed about you. Forgive us. So, what do you want tonight, Stone? For a starter, uh, ten minutes alone with Loverboy lover boy there, the one on your right. Willie Bigger? Why?
6: Yes. Now, Willie hasn't been... I know.
2: Hasn't been out of your sight for a week. In fact, about 40 minutes ago, he was baking a cake. Okay, forget it. Good idea. Where's the kid? Marty? Yep. Yeah.
6: Do you like children? Yeah, until they grow up. They're nice people. The kid's none of your business, Stone.
2: And I'm curious, along comes a kid
6: with a hundred dollars. That all? Well, he took it. I, I keep lots of dough around here and drawers everywhere. The kid grabs some and beat it. Why? Because he wanted to go home? Did he say where? I, uh, no. No, he didn't. Okay, then. This is his home. What would you say if I told you he was my kid? Nothing. I'd be speechless. Stone, forget this whole thing. You've got nothing. Nothing. Whatever you're thinking is your idea, and that's as far as we go. That's as far as you go. Both of us. Now beat it. Don't crowd your
2: luck. Okay. There's nothing I can prove, but it makes a good story. It's a good reading. You got no finish to it. You no, know, Frank Stockton wrote a story once The Lady and the
6: Tiger. There's no finish to that one either, but it caused more comment that way. You're not scaring me, Stone. People can ask all the questions they want after tomorrow. After tomorrow? Mr. McCallum, why after tomorrow? I'm sick of looking at you. I'm even sicker of listening to you. Now, get out.
2: Oh, by the
6: way, Mr. Get out.
2: Yeah, one thing more, though. A friend of mine, a cop named Kowski, knows that I came here. I'm telling you in case my back looks inviting when I walk out. So long. On the way down to the street, that tight feeling grabbed my throat, made my nose itch and my eyes water. I kept my shoulders hunched against a bullet or a knife, but nothing came. Why not? I asked that a thousand times before I hit the street. I knew I didn't scare McCallum when I told him about Kalski. McCallum had a million ways to rub out anybody who got in his way and a million alibis to keep himself clear. He'd done it before. But me, he let go. Why? He said, after tomorrow. He didn't want anything to happen until after tomorrow. I kept thinking and kept walking And then something began to go around on the back of my head. McCallum tomorrow. McCallum tomorrow. And suddenly it hit.
5: All
7: about the electric ocean. PR. Paper, mister? Uh,
2: Yeah, I'll start.
7: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice morning for somebody to sit in the hot seat, huh? Classy looking dame, too. Now, why fry something like that? There's a million dollars that you'd better burn. McCallum's girlfriend. McCallum's. Where you been, mister? Everybody knows that. Yeah, but
2: you forget things when they're not uh,
7: close to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, classy-looking dame. Never think a doll like that bump a bumper husband,
2: huh? Gonna fry at Hey, mister, you sick or something? Or something, yeah. Bud, you ever get a great big hunch once? I lost. I might, too, but it's worth a try. I grabbed a cab. I thought maybe some of McCallum's boys were tailing me, so I had the driver cut back and forth. Then when I was sure we were clean, I had him drive to McCallum's apartment house and park down the street a few doors.
5: And okay, mister?
2: Yeah. Oh, turn off your motor.
5: Okay, but I gotta leave the meter ticket. That's
2: okay. Now listen, now turn off your lights.
5: Hey, Why?
2: Look, I'm Randy Stone, Chicago star. Here's my press card.
5: Okay, okay. What's up? You take this newspaper. It, it, what do I do with it?
2: I pretend you're reading it.
5: All right. You want a story?
2: Yeah. Now, look, don't pay any attention to anything. You're just parked. You're waiting for a fair. You're
5: reading that paper. Understand? I get it. Hey, what, what about you? I'll sit back.
2: Think anybody can see me from the outside?
5: Nah. Not if you sit in the corner. Nah. Okay. Now, just sit and read the paper. Okay. I guess this dame's gonna cook, eh? Uh, yeah. You'd think a big shed like McCallum would be able to get his doll off a wrap. Eh, but he didn't. I wonder. You wonder? Eh? Mister, at midnight, she gets it. They pull a switch, then, bzz, no more Lorraine Adams. Eh, ain't much to wonder about. Once hold they it, pull hold it in.
2: Hmm? Hold on, pretend to read the paper. Oh. Can you see?
5: Yeah. Some guys are coming out. You see?
2: Yeah.
5: Oh, they're, they're looking this way. Don't look up. One of them's coming this way.
2: Okay, start your motor. Start pulling out.
5: Yeah. we got to go right past them. You better squeeze hard against that back seat. I'm all right. Don't go too fast. You know, just as though you're cruising for a fair. Okay. It's okay. They ain't looking at us. Hey. Hey, Mr. Stone, did you see that dame that was... Yeah, yeah, get past. Then step on it around the corner. Mister, I ain't sure what I seen, but there was a dame just coming out of the lobby. I only got a quick look at her face. Yeah, you... yeah, so did I. What did you see? If that dame was in this doll in the paper, I'll buy a horse.
2: Yeah, so we're even. We're both crazy. I saw her, too. Lorraine Adams. <laughs> How do you convince a night editor you haven't suddenly walked out from under your head? How do you do it even when you've got proof of something that sounds and looks crazy? I listened to my editor, Matt Camel.
8: You're nuts, both of you. Stay in out of the night air. Yeah, but
2: both of us saw. The driver... I got eyes. Yeah? You want to take any bets,
8: either of you? The way that call comes through, Matt. When that call from Joliet comes through, five will get you a tax-free ten that Lorraine Adams is sitting in the death cell right now. She's not. All you've got is a yarn about a kid wandering around holding a hundred bucks in his hot little hand. There's no record of any kidnapping, and he... Look, Uh,
2: look. Lorraine Adams killed her husband because she was McCallum's girlfriend. You remember the trial? She pleaded not guilty, self-defense. Yeah, but it didn't stick. Public sentiment was against her. Yes, and no appeal, Nothing. Jerry McCallum didn't raise a finger to get her off. Why not? Why not, Matt? Couldn't, that's all. With his battery of high-priced lawyers and with his connections? Okay, okay. What's your best? That Lorraine Adams is free right now. I don't know how. I don't know what the kid Marty has to do with it, but...
8: There's the call, Randy. Hold your hat.
2: Matt Carmel here.
8: Okay, put it through. Randy. What? Putting up a fine? Oh, on the line. Okay, now... uh, 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 Hello. Yeah. Look, Stromberg. You're covering the uh, Lorraine Adams electrocution, aren't you? Uh-huh. Well, listen, this is going to sound nuts, but is Lorraine Adams still in the death cell? Oh, you don't say. Okay, C.R., thanks. No, that's all. So on. All right, all right, Matt. Give. You know what I'm going to do with this five spot? Buy you a jacket with sleeves that tie in the back. What did Stromberg say? The Lorraine Adams execution is scheduled tonight as planned. The chaplain is with Lorraine Adams right now because at midnight, in uh, exactly two hours and ten minutes, she burns. (laughs)
1: Mills is bringing you Nightbeat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. See how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. Uh, same a friend. Yes, Frank?
3: Isn't there some way you could put a little more oomph into that line?
1: You mean like this, maybe? See how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11.
3: Well, um...
1: Or see how Wheaties at 7 can
3: help at 11. There, there, that's it. See how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. Because they really can. They're whole wheat, you see. I guess everybody knows about the snap and energy you get from whole wheat. Why, you start breakfast with a big bowl of Wheaties and the whole morning just seems to slide along easier. Big chores don't look so big. Long hours don't seem so long. People seem pleasanter when you've had your Wheaties. And you know why? It's just that Wheaties have lots of vitamins and minerals, lots of solid nourishment, the kind you need to look a tough task right in the eye. Wheaties taste good, too. Crisp and nice to munch on, a nice, sunny, nut-sweet taste to them. A good, satisfying flavor that keeps on tasting like more, no matter how often you eat them. You see, when you eat good, you feel good. It's simple as that. And now, my friend, would you just try that line again?
1: See how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. That way. Because they
3: really can, you know. Try it. Wheaties. <laughs>
1: And now, back to Nightbeat and Randy
2: Stone. In two hours and ten minutes, Lorraine Adams would go to the electric chair. What I saw, and the cab driver saw, right in the middle of Chicago, free as a burden. I checked some more after I left the office. The police went along with the gag and checked the prison. Yes, the girl in the death cell was Lorraine Adams. Her fingerprints proved it. But then, who was the girl the cab driver and I saw? Was McCallum going to work a switch at the last minute? Fantastic. Sure, but McCallum might be able to work it. And how did little Marty tie in? What did a six-year-old kid have to do with it? Well, I had until midnight to learn a lot of things. There was only one place to start. 616 Wolverton, the address Marty had given me. It was a cheap boarding house. I had the driver wait. I knocked on the manager's door. It took three minutes to get her out of bed, and she wasn't happy.
4: What do you want, huh? the
2: idea, huh? Uh, Randy Stone, Chicago Star.
4: I take a newspaper. You selling papers this time in the morning? Oh, no.
2: Listen to me, will you?
4: Magazines all day, newspapers in the middle of the night. Here,
2: take this and listen.
4: Ten bucks? For what?
2: There's a little kid live here. His name was Marty, about six, brown hair, cute little guy.
4: Are you kidding? That was four or five months ago.
2: But he lived here?
4: With his mother.
2: His mother? What did she look like?
4: Ask my husband. Where did she go? Only well, one thing I can tell. She worked at a joint called uh uh the um,
2: Oh, come on now, come on.
4: The blue Harris. Yeah, I said Blue Harrods <gasps>
5: I
2: check it for you? No, thanks, honey. That clock behind you, is it right? Sure. It's only 10 to 11. The night is young. You want to bet? How long you been here?
4: A year, maybe. Why?
2: Well, I won't check my hat, but I'll leave this with you. For $5, you could leave a diving suit. Who do I kill? A girl used to work here. She had a little boy. A little boy named Marty. I don't remember. Oh, yes, you do, baby. Your face shows it.
4: So I need makeup.
2: You've seen the kid, haven't you? You knew his mother? Look,
4: mister, I don't know anything that goes on. I check hats and coats. That's why Mr. McCallum pays me.
2: McCallum? Oh, the blue heron is one of his spots.
4: Oh, go away now, will you?
2: Did you like the girl?
4: She...
8: She was a sweet kid. Well, then
2: help her. She's in trouble. I
8: I don't know anything, but there was a guy, a knocked-out musician, trombone player. He he went for her. Find him.
2: Where? What's his name?
8: Harry
4: Aaron. He he used to play here, but when Peggy left... Peggy? Yeah, Peggy. She...
2: Hey, you don't even know her name. What do you want? Where can I find Harry Aaron? You get out of here. Beat it. Take it easy. Get out before
4: I call the bouncer.
2: With the clock getting ahead of me, I looked up Harry Aaron in the musician's directory. With only an hour and ten minutes left, I tried to find him. Yes, he played here, he played there. He was a good boy, but he was always high. I covered one spot after another, time running out. An hour left, fifty minutes. And then finally I hit a rooming house. One of those places where you stay up all day and all night. Anybody goes to sleep he's a curiosity. There was a jam session going on and I headed for the music.
6: Five boys were swinging high, but the trombone
2: player was the one I wanted. Skinny, pale face over which tongue, perspiration, drenched hair. I walked over to him. Hiya, Harry. Harry!
7: Knock yourself out, grab anything,
2: cut in. What do you play? Nothing. What do you drink? Nothing. What are you living for?
4: Harry, Harry, come
2: on off the ceiling. Can you hear me? I want to talk about Peggy. Peggy! What? What do you say? I want to talk about Peggy. You remember? What about her? What about Peggy? Let's get out of here, Harry. There's a coffee shop down the street.
7: Hey, buy me a drink, huh?
2: All right, all right. But come on, huh? Hey,
7: wait, 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 wait a second. Wait. Uh, listen to that beat, boy. It's like a train running inside. <laughs> grab anything cut in any place.
2: Peggy, Harry, Harry, Peggy. Yeah. Uh, you? You said Peggy? Harry, you've got to come with me. You've got to talk. We've got 40 minutes, Harry. And after that, it's kiss the boy's goodbye. I made him drink coffee strong and black. And I made him walk until his head cleared up a little. But it took time. Time and only 30 minutes of it left before that execution. And then we sat and talked. What do you want from me? I'm knocked out me. The top is all gone, inside gone. What do you want from me? Peggy, where is she? And why did she leave? Who are you? I'm Stone, Chicago star. Now listen to me. You remember Marty? Marty, sure. It's Peggy's
7: kid. I got a picture of her right here. Hey?
2: That's Peggy and that's Marty right there. Peggy? This is Peggy? Yeah. Dark hair, you bleach it blonde and she... Look, Harry, talk fast. I don't, I don't know what we'll get, but tell me when you saw Peggy last and what she said. She was going away
7: with him. McCallum. McCallum? Why? This one night after the show she was in the line. She was, you know, the chorus. Yep. I, I went to see her. I found her packing packing a suitcase. She didn't tell me before that she was walking out. She just looked at me. Goodbye fast, Harry. Real fast. Well, why, kid? What's all the rush? I can't tell you, Harry. Only you're not gonna see me anymore. Uh Oh, yeah, I get it. You don't, Harry. You don't at all. Sure, McCallum. I know he talked a long time to yesterday. It's
4: nothing to do with McCallum. No, sure
7: not. It's nothing to do with a knocked-out horn player either, huh? Oh,
4: Harry. Don't talk like that.
7: Okay, I'll play it for you sometime. 20 choruses. I don't blame you, Peggy.
4: I got a kid, Marty. I'm sick, you know that. Got maybe a year. Doc said so. What happens to the kid then? What happens well, to me? Him? I couldn't. Well, no. Maybe I... I
3: ain't going to have Marty eaten off a trunk. Crackers and milk three times a day. Now, what's
7: McCallum going to do for him?
3: Say goodbye, Harry.
4: Please.
7: know I love you. You know that? Yes. It means nothing to you.
4: For do. the Lord. Harry, get out of here. Don't stand there just looking at me. I won't be able to go through with it. I won't. And I got a Harry for my kid.
7: Well, that's all. That's all I know. When did that happen?
2: Five, uh... Yeah, five months ago. Just before Lorraine Adams went to trial for murder.
7: What are you talking about?
2: Look. This is Lorraine Adams' picture in the paper. Here's Peggy. See, bleach Peggy's hair and she's Lorraine Adams. McCallum saw that. You're crazy, Stone. You're crazy. McCallum couldn't make the switch. He did it she before would... the trial. Lorraine Adams gave herself up a week after she killed her husband. But it wasn't Lorraine, it was Peggy. crazy. It's crazy. No. In less than half an hour, Peggy will go to the electric chair in place of Lorraine Adams.
7: What? Well, get her out. You gotta do
2: something. Our only proof is Marty, but he's at McCallum's place.
7: Stone, she's gonna die. You said it. She's gonna die. Stone, do something.
2: Well, I'm going to Joliet to see the warden. You gotta do something, too, Harry. Fine, Marty. It's preposterous, Mr. Stone. Impossible. But it was done, Warden. And in ten minutes, a girl would go to the chair. Ten minutes. I've called the governor.
8: He's left it up to me. Well, then stop the execution. I can do that only if this girl admits she's not Lorraine Adams. I've broken a rule, Stone, on the strength of what you've told me. The girl is being brought here, to the visiting room to talk to you. And what if she doesn't admit... There's no proof. The execution is scheduled. Oh,
2: where is that Harry?
6: Warden, she's here. Bring her in, Chaplain.
2: Hello, Peggy. What is your name?
4: I am Lorraine Adams.
2: Chaplain, this girl is not Lorraine Adams. Didn't she tell you that? What she told me, I... I cannot tell you. Yeah, but in a case like I this... I
4: confess my crime to him and to God.
2: Yes, that you took Lorraine Adams' place. You were tried, convicted, sentenced, and you'll die. In less than ten minutes, you'll die.
4: I am Lorraine Adams.
2: You took her place. You gave yourself up in her place. That's why the real Lorraine Adams was gone for a week, to give you time to bleach your hair and...
4: I killed my husband.
2: You're killing yourself for what? For Marty? For your boy? No, Peggy, no. Peggy... Why don't you...
4: There's nothing else to say. Look,
2: you made a bargain with McCallum. What kind of a bargain? Did you never see your son again? You only had a year to live, but in that year you'd have had him. And what did you leave him to? A vicious gangster who'll never keep his promise to you. You'll die, Peggy, and so will Marty. Yes, he'll die too. As you know him, he'll be dead. Think what he'll be living with a rat like that.
4: I'm Lorraine
8: Adams. Lorraine Adams. No,
2: oh, Warden, boy. I can't believe she'd lie now. She's
8: facing death stone. She can't lie. But she is. For her boy. she would. She would.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, wait, a wait a moment. Mom, Mom! Sonny.
8: Let me go, let me go. Marty! Let him go, Kim.
4: Hey, yes, sir. Mom, I, I've been looking lots of places. Mom, it's me, Mom. You... You got to here? No. Mom. You... You ain't mad at me. <laughs> oh, Marty. Marty, baby. Baby. Harry brought me, Mom. He's hurt.
8: Where is he? Uh, I think... Out here, Mrs. Stone.
2: <laughs> Hiya, Harry.
7: Hiya, Stone. I- did I get here in time?
2: Yeah, in time, Harry. Oh,
7: that's real out of this world.
2: How did you get McCallum? A long time ago, I I bought a gun.
7: I, I never used it until tonight.
2: Ooh. Warden, I'll get the girl.
8: All right, Peggy.
7: Hi, Peggy. Hi. Harry. Had a hard time trying to get in
2: here. Take it easy, Harry.
7: Sure, Becky. I go, Oh, brother, am I a knocked out character? For sure,
2: Love LOVE. Spell it one way. Interpreted a hundred ways. McCallum's for Lorraine Adams. Be willing to wreck anyone else's life. Peggy's for Marty. Harry's for Peggy. Yeah, it's love that makes the world go round. It all depends on who does the spinning. (laughs) Copy, boy.
1: You are listening to Night Beat on the Wheaties Big Parade.
3: Oh, Frank Lovejoy, you have a guest.
2: I have. Oh, so I have. Welcome, Joel
3: McCrae. Hello, Frank. I enjoyed your show.
2: Thank you very much, Joel. I understand that you have a new program that's joining the Wheaties Big Parade. Glad to have you with us.
3: Glad to be with you. Yes, I'm turning into a Texas Ranger for our new Saturday night program beginning this week.
2: A Texas Ranger for real, huh?
3: Well, pretty much for real. These are real stories from the files of the Texas Rangers, you know. Just like your show, Beat. It's pretty dramatic stuff.
2: You'll have fun doing them, Joel, and I know that we'll enjoy hearing you. Good night, now. Oh, wait a minute. Say, uh, have you got the password? Password? Oh,
3: sure. Wheaties. That's right. <laughs> night, Joel. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs>
1: Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy, is produced and directed by Warren Lewis and edited by Larry Marcus. Tonight's story was written by Russell Hughes from an idea by Bill Talak with music by Frank Worth. Those in tonight's cast were Lorene Tuttle, David Ellis, Joan Banks, Peter Leeds, Rick Vallon, Herb Butterfield, and Peter Votrian. Listen next week at this time and every week as Randy Stone searches through the city for the strange stories waiting for him in the darkness. Tuesday, that's tomorrow. Listen to the Penny Singleton Show on the Wheaties' Big Parade. The preceding was transcribed. Jack Leight brings you a fund of interesting stories Friday on NBC.
4: This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series, oh, and a Madam's Wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio.
0: Welcome back. I think I'm going to call that one a win for Randy. And uh, all credit to the way this is produced. The lines given and the scene really uh, where... Randy tries to convince the mother to admit that she isn't really the killer. Could have gone so wrong. In the hands of other creative teams and other actors... Could have come across to uh, at least us modern listeners as a bit cheesy and over the top, but it, the way that it's uh, performed without too much overbearing music and the way that uh, Frank Lovejoy plays it, it's just perfect. And this is one of my uh, favorites, it's a good, solid uh, mystery. Uh, my only hope for Randy, and I think Randy's concerned about this as well, is whether he can get a refund on that bet he lost to the editor. At any rate, we turn to listener comments and feedback. Francis uh offers some praise for Vincent and the Painter, episode 2145. I love this episode. A great performance, not just from Frank Lovejoy, but also from Ben Wright as Alfred Wyman, the painter of the title. Uh, not Beat was such a wonderful series. Indeed it was. Nathan writes, uh, thank you so much for daily posting these excellent podcasts. I drive a truck and this helps me pass the day. In fact, I look forward to it each and every day. Johnny Dollar and Dragnet are favorite and the commercials are almost just as good. In fact, 50 years later, the Wheaties commercial made me go out and get a box again. (laughs) Well, Nathan, I'm glad that I'm not the only one who has done that. I actually listened to an episode of a program that was sponsored by Horlicks. And that company was actually bought out and is no longer made in the United States. But is made in the United Kingdom, so I had to do a lot of work to get myself some Horlicks uh, malted milk. But yes, those ads are still effective uh, sometimes, and I've often wondered if I could track one of those sponsors down and kind of get them to sponsor a series their uh, products promoted in. But I've never quite figured out how that would work out. At any rate, thanks so much for the comment, Nathan, on Facebook. I do appreciate it. That will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Inspector Thorne. And then next Monday, another episode of Not Beat. In the meantime, send your comments to... Box 13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook. facebook Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.